This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. Five, four, three, two, one. But who's counting, right? His name is Major. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Major Garrett. From the nation's capital. Major, fantastic. It's the takeout. This is a major achievement. With CBS News Chief Washington Correspondent. Major Garrett. Yes, CBS. Yes, hi. Major Garrett. Major, that's nonsense. And you should know better. Is Major out of the doghouse? (laughs) The answer is yes. Welcome to the very best part of my broadcast week. I'm Major Garrett. Folks, you've heard the phrase, the show must go on. This is a week where this show must go on. For those of you watching on CBS News Streaming, you notice we are where we haven't been for months, back in my apartment. Why are we back in my apartment? Because I'm isolating, and I think you can guess why I'm isolating. After playing 26 successful months of viral dodgeball, I tested positive for COVID-19 this past Sunday, and I've been isolating ever since. I'm fine. I'm on Paxlovid. We'll talk about that because our guest this week is going to help me and by me, you, understand where we are and how we're experiencing the ongoing presence of a highly transmissible virus known as COVID-19. The guest is someone you are quite familiar with, Dr. Anthony Fauci, President's top advisor on this subject. Dr. Fauci, it's great to have you with us. Thanks for joining us. Thank you very much, Major. Good to be with you as usual. So uh, I'm going to give you a chance to ask me some questions about my experience uh, that can be informative to you and I hope the audience. So go right ahead. Okay. So first of all, um, what is your status of vaccination? Uh, Dr. Fauci, I am double vaxxed and double boosted. My most recent booster was May 9th. Okay. Recent booster, May 9th. So you were infected, which has proven something that I think we've all known, but I think you're the personification of this. This is a highly transmissible virus, and it is very likely that if you were not vaccinated and double boosted, that you would have had a much more severe outcome than you have right now. And you and I very unlikely major would be speaking to each other Mm -hmm. right now. That's the first thing. The second thing that's important, and the question I want to ask you, is how do you feel now And how did you feel in the first couple of days? So I will tell you when I first noticed something was amiss. I went to play golf on Saturday. I'm not a great golfer, but I enjoy the sport. And I felt myself, Dr. Fauci, unusually winded. I kept thinking every time I would walk the course on a hole, why am I so tired? That was my first clue at all. I had no coughing, no sinus issues, but I felt unusually tired. That night when I got home, I had a headache, and I felt something akin to low-level fever. Sunday, I said, I better test. 
had an at-home test, tested positive, tested again, was positive. But my first signal was fatigue. Then that Sunday night and Monday night, I had a low-level fever. I would say about 100. I kept taking my temperature and chills and night sweats, both nights. Those things continued until I talked to my doctor virtually, my primary care physician, and he put me on Paxlovid. I started that Tuesday night and things began to get better right after that. Okay, so what did you ever have a sore throat, uh, Major? I did not. You did not, which you see, so that is really uh, a little bit atypical in that a lot of people get sore throat, but the idea that you have a flu-like syndrome, which is, makes you feel a little chilly, uh, a bit fatigued and under the weather, we refer to that as a flu-like syndrome. It's quite typical of people who get infected. The good news is that it cleared up right away. Now, speaking of clearing up, which is important that we want to get your audience to appreciate, is did you seek any intervention to ameliorate the symptoms? Other than my doctor and the prescription of Paxlovid, no. But okay. I, I stayed at home. I drank as much fluids as I could possibly consume. And because I was fatigued, I was quite naturally resting. <laughs> well, no, actually, the point of the question, Major, is that you uh, made available to yourself something that we are trying to get the general public and the physicians who will be dealing with and taking care of people who are infected with SARS-CoV-2, is that you took Paxlovid. And for the audience who doesn't uh, is not aware of it, Paxlovid is an antiviral drug that has a very good capability to the tune of almost 90% of preventing people from requiring hospitalizations and going on to severe disease. So the fact that you were aware enough to seek the help of a physician who would prescribe Paxlovid is very important. And in fact, right now, we are ratcheting up both the awareness of and the availability of Paxlovid throughout the country. We're doubling the number of sites that have Paxlovid available from 20,000 to 40,000. Just today, we've announced that the first of the federally uh, directed or the federally supported test and treat sites are opening up in Rhode Island, soon to be followed by uh, Minnesota, New York, and other locations where you can actually go in at the point you get tested, immediately have the capability of getting on the drug so you don't have to have that first night, as it were, being uncomfortable. So one of the, one of the lessons that I want to get those who are listening to our conversation is that we're making a lot more Paxlovid available to people to utilize, and it is being underutilized, and we want to make sure people are aware of it. And uh, folks who love this show know I don't like to be a part of the story. I never like to be a part of the story. And I guarantee you this conversation is not going to be an hour about Major Garrett's experience with COVID. But I do believe that these questions and answers, what we're going through with Dr. Fauci, is illustrative of something going on in the country right now. One thing that my primary care physician told me, Dr. Fauci, is that the earlier you get on Paxlovid, the better. He would have seen me virtually on Monday, but he was too busy. He got me in the first slot he could that Tuesday morning. I got it that afternoon. I started that afternoon. So is that true? If you're out there listening, is it 
Is it is it wise to get on Paxlovid as soon as you can? Absolutely. Your physician is 100% correct, Major. The earliest you get it, the better. It is much, much more uh, effective if given within the first three days. But within that first three-day period, the earlier within the first three days, the better. Because what this drug does, it blocks the replication of the virus. And when you block the replication of the virus then you essentially interfere with the kinds of effects that you experienced. The chills, the fatigue, the, uh, the headache, uh, the feeling that you were very much under the weather. So that's the reason why I, I'm, I'm pleased that you and I are having this conversation because your many followers and listeners are going to be, some of them are going to be in the situation that you're in that they'll wind up that even though they tried hard to avoid infection, they got mm-hmm. infected and they need to do something to make their course much less difficult. So uh, two observations, uh, Dr. Fauci, I'd like your comments about. One, my personal observation, double vaxxed, double boosted, and this was still a real noticeable thing for me, which tells me, and I'm not a doctor, I'm a fortified person, I am protected, and still it got to me. That tells me without those protections, I would be in much, much worse shape. Secondly, my doctor told me uh, that this current variant, BA2121, has, because of its inevitable mutation process, become more, these are his words, not mine, of a upper respiratory than lower respiratory issue. And he said that our vaccinations and boosters are fortifying protections for lower respiratory invasion, if you will, and that our nasal passages are still a little bit comparatively more vulnerable. Your, your thoughts? Uh, your physician is well-informed. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Stick with whoever it is, Major. <laughs> he's, he's well, he or she is, is, is well-informed. No, that's exactly correct. Um, the fact is that good news about the vaccines, or they really do a good job of protecting you systemically against things like lung disease, which is the major target organ of this particular virus when you get systemic disease. The entry is the upper airway, and that's exactly correct. What we're seeing with these viruses, particularly the Omicron variant, is that it is much, much more giving you an upper airway issue, and the protection in the lung from the vaccine is pretty solid in protecting people. Now, obviously, to, I want to make Fauci, sure... Let me, let me stop you right there. Just because the clock is telling me I've got to stop you right there, we will jump right back into your conversation, our conversation about this. I'm Major Garrett. Dr. Anthony Fauci is our guest segment. Two of the takeout in just one second. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now... New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod 
or text Wondery Pod to 500 500. From CBS News, this is The Takeout with Major Garrett. Welcome back to The Takeout. I'm Major Garrett. For those watching on CBS News Streaming and Paramount Plus, I'm back at home. Because I'm isolating. Why? Because I tested positive for COVID-19 on Sunday. We are recording this on Thursday, May 26th. So any references to today means May 26th. Dr. Anthony Fauci is our special guest. Dr. Fauci, I cut you off in mid-sentence. I apologize for that. But the clock is a harsh master. Please continue. Uh, So what we were saying, uh, Major, is that it is correct that particularly with this variant and, and and the isolate that you were infected with, was very likely BA 2.12.1, which is a sublineage of the original Omicron. So what we've had over the last several months is a gradation of BA1, BA2, BA2.12.1, which means just enough mutations to change it a bit, make it a little bit more transmissible, and evade immunity a little bit. But the one thing that is held strong in protection is protection against systemic disease, particularly the lung disease. However, the upper airway has become a vulnerable target, which is the reason why when you're dealing with an environment where you're having an upsurge of cases, the CDC, and I want to make sure you people hear this correctly, isn't mandating anything. They're suggesting and recommending that when you live in a zone where the cases are going up from a green to a yellow to an orange, that the better part of valor is to protect yourself from infection by wearing a mask when you are in an indoor congregate setting. And that's the reason why the vaccine itself, even though it's a very good vaccine against severe disease, you still have a vulnerability of getting infected. And as such, Dr. Fauci, uh, Again, back to my primary care physician, he said, because of this upper respiratory aspect of this, there is some legitimate confusion some patients have. They may think they have spring allergies. Right. And that's a presentationally confusing scenario. Walk my audience through that. Well, particularly in the Washington, D.C. area where we are, Mm -hmm. that we have uh, a lot of allergenic uh, Things floating around in the air, particularly... Anyone who's lived here knows that. Anyone who's lived here knows that. And it is true. I mean, you don't want people to be walking around completely anxious and, you know, and very, very panicky. That's disruptive to their lives. But if you have upper airway symptoms and may or may not be distinguishable from allergy, there are so many tests available major, that you just recommend people who do get upper airway symptoms get tested. That's the point. That's the reason why we have made available, I mean, literally, literally tens and tens and tens of millions of tests around. Anybody can get tested. We know Mm -hmm. now you can go to your computer and get eight tests sent to your household. So we want to make sure people freely and liberally use tests to, to determine whether they're infected or not. And where do they go to for that test from the government, the A test? Well, they just go into COVID.gov. Okay, COVID.gov. So are we in a fifth wave, Dr. Fauci? I've seen that in some of the articles I read this week. Uh, 100,000 new cases for the first time since February. And as you might be aware, 
Uh, former FDA Commissioner Dr. Scott Gottlieb said a couple of weeks ago, maybe a week ago, that we are catching about one out of seven or one out of eight cases. Where are we? Well, we are certainly having a number of cases that have increased. Remember, we went down a few months ago from a very, very high peak major of 900,000 cases a day, tens of thousands of hospitalizations, and 3,000 deaths. That came all the way down from that Omicron peak to an average of about 25,000 cases a day. Right now, we're starting to see an increase in cases for three reasons. One, we're seeing a waning of immunity. That's in individuals like yourself and me who actually have been vaccinated, that the immunity for infection and the immunity following vaccination is good for a while and for a long while against severe disease, but it wanes against infection. Point number two, you have a variant that is a a more transmissible variant than the previous one. And then people are pulling back on mitigation. They're pulling back, they're taking their masks off. They're being more free to be out and about without masks in an indoor setting, particularly if it gets warmer, they go into an air-conditioned place, an air-conditioned restaurant, or what have you. So the cases are going up. The daily average is now over 100,000 a day. Should we be calling that a wave? I'm not so sure, Major. I think it's a bit of semantics. I think we should say we are seeing an increased infection. That's the sobering news. The somewhat encouraging news is that the parts of the country that had that increase earlier are starting to plateau and come down. That's New York City particularly. That's the Chicago area. That's the Washington, D.C. area, which is slowing down and plateauing now, hopefully starting to come down. At the same time that there are areas of the country that historically have lagged in the sense of what happens. The southern states, some of the western states are still going up. So the net effect is very gradually going up, plateauing and starting to come down at the same time that some areas are coming down pretty well, and others are still going up. So what I think the bottom line of all of that, Major, is that we have probably reached the peak in some areas, and we're going to start seeing it come down. I want to make sure the audience understands this. Uh, We talked about BA 2.1.2.1 as a variant, but it is still the same thing, essentially. And if you are not vaccinated... You are at high risk, true? No doubt. If you look at the data, and this is the compelling part that we should take a deep breath and emphasize it, and that is if you look at the hospitalization among individuals who are unvaccinated on a per 100,000 people who are unvaccinated compared to the hospitalizations and deaths among those who are vaccinated and boosted, the curves are separated by a large amount. In other words, the likelihood of getting into trouble is multifold more if you're unvaccinated compared to vaccinated. Now, when you look at the fact that the more people are vaccinated, when you have the overwhelming majority, they're going to be some people who are hospitalized, even though 
they're vaccinated. But when you compare the risk of hospitalization in an unvaccinated compared to a vaccinated person, the risk of the vaccinated person is much, much less than the unvaccinated person. And I am illustrative of something else. As I told you, I got my second booster on May 9th, yet I still was infected. That doesn't mean it didn't work. It just means I got infected. Right. That's the point. Traditionally, vaccines are not necessarily geared at preventing what's called sterile, of, of giving you sterilizing immunity or preventing even the slightest bit of infection. The main purpose is to prevent you from getting ill, preventing you from being in the hospital, preventing you from dying. So I don't want to be making any predictions of what might have happened, but it is entirely conceivable that given the fact that you had some significant symptoms, even when you were vaccinated, you could have gotten into some serious trouble had you not been vaccinated. And I tested positive today. This is my fifth day under my company's policy. I need to test on the fifth day. That probably comes as no surprise to you that I still tested positive. No surprise at all. So what you need to do is you need to continue to test. When you get to a certain point when you're going out there, if you're out 10 days or so, you need to wear a mask when you go back out there, particularly when you're with close colleagues in your, in your work. Very good. Dr. Anthony Fauci is our guest. I guarantee you, ladies and gentlemen, the major Garrett part of this program is now officially over. But it is relevant. I am illustrative of something that's going on in this country. And I have one of the nation's best, most experienced experts to talk about it, about me, which I help will teach you. I'm Major Garrett, segment three of The Takeout, our continuing conversation with Dr. Anthony Fauci when we come back. Looking to instantly upgrade your Mother's Day gift from typical to meaningful? Shop Etsy. Get up to 30% off well-crafted and personalized gifts from participating shops until May 12th. This year, embrace your creative side. You know, the side your mom gave you? And shop Etsy for custom jewelry, style pieces, home decor, and extra special items she'll adore. Need something original and affordable for Mother's Day? Etsy has it. Shop until May 12th for up to 30% off gifts for mom. Terms apply. From CBS News, this is The Takeout with Major Garrett. Welcome back to The Takeout. However you find this show, Terrestrial Radio, we know we love you on those 70 or plus stations around the country who listen to The Takeout on Sirius XM, POTUS Channel 124. Glad to have you. CBS News streaming, Paramount Plus, and of course, our earliest and most beloved adopters on podcast platforms. You know, folks, you have made this the most successful show of its kind. There is no four-platform show of this kind in the country other than mine, and you made that possible. So thank you. Dr. Anthony Fauci is our special guest. Uh, Dr. Fauci, I ran across an article in The Atlantic this week that said the following. There is a tendency in our country right now to talk about COVID-19 as if it is becoming like the flu. And the article's author said that's the wrong way to think about it. We should think about COVID-19 as like smoking. And the author's point was that COVID used to be defined by a virus and lack of protection. Now it is defined principally by a behavioral choice, the behavioral choice whether or not to obtain vaccination and boosting. Do you agree with that orientation? Well, what I do agree with, uh, Major, is that 
we have a highly effective vaccine that is clearly protective against severe disease. And the choice is that people are going to have to make themselves. Um, You know, there's such divisiveness in the country that when you speak about getting people vaccinated, people almost, some people have a reflex pushback that you're telling them what to do. And they've really got to get out of that mindset. It's not telling you what to do. It's giving you the information that look at the data. Don't listen to an individual person. Listen to the data. And the data tell you that if you want to protect yourself against severe disease, leading to perhaps hospitalization and death, vaccines do a really, really good job of that. And what the article was saying is that people are now going to make their individual choice. It's a bit different than flu. You know, flu, we have vaccines. They are not nearly as effective as the vaccines against COVID. Does that mean we shouldn't vaccinate against the flu? No because you do get a clear benefit from a vaccine against flu. But the protection against severe disease with COVID is excellent when you have a vaccine. So that's what they mean about you have a choice of what's going to happen to you. And uh, we should just for the sake of understanding the data, say that we have a very, very large sample size in this country and across the world about health effects related to the vaccine. The health benefits are large, the side effects on the very, very low scale. That is absolutely correct. Again, there is no intervention at all that is without some risk. The risk of a vaccine is extraordinarily low. And the risk-benefit, when you compare the risk of getting infected or the risk of getting a real serious event with the infection, is overwhelmingly greater than any risk from a very safe vaccine. And there is so much misinformation and disinformation about vaccines. That is unfortunate because with the social media, it spreads very, very widely, preventing people from having the correct information to have them make a choice, which I believe if they had that correct information and they put all of those other considerations aside, like making a statement by not getting vaccinated, It's no secret. It isn't coming from me. It's the reality that if you look at red states versus blue states, that the percentage of people that are vaccinated in the red states are substantially lower than in blue states. That has to do with almost making a political component to a decision of getting vaccinated. Public health principles, Major, are immutable. They're there. They don't care whether you're to the right, to the left, or in the center, the public health principles remain the same. So I hope as a nation, as we go on into the next month and year and deal with this, that we realize 
that the common enemy here is the virus. Let's put aside other differences, which are going to be there for sure, and don't let it spill over into decisions related to public health principles. Some in my audience may already have done this mental leap themselves, but in this article I referred to in The Atlantic, it said in the case of smoking in America, it's about 400,000 deaths a year, and insurance companies have priced smoking into insurance premiums. And this author said, perhaps it's time to start thinking about pricing lack of vaccination into insurance premiums. You are not a policymaker. You don't give advice on that. But do you have any comment on that? You know, um, I prefer not to, uh, Major, because I think that would, through no fault of your own, the people who inappropriately and incorrectly say I'm encroaching upon one's freedom will jump all over that. And that will just give them some legs on something that is distracting from what we really want is to get the people vaccinated. Uh, some of those you just mentioned happen to be uh, who are critics of yours, very public critics of yours. They've demonstrated that criticism in various congressional hearings on the House and Senate side, maybe in positions of power after the midterm election. So let me ask you this, Dr. Fauci. Do you foresee staying in the position you are, top advisor to President Biden on this topic, after the midterm elections? I don't know, to be honest with you, uh, Major. I, I haven't given that a thought, to be honest with you. I have been so engrossed right now in fighting this outbreak that, I mean, every once in a while I come up for air and say, what am I going to be doing? And right now I'm focusing on getting us through this increase that we're in now. Hopefully as we get to the end of May and the beginning of June, it'll come down. That's what I worry about when I go to bed at night. I don't worry about what I'm going to be doing six months from now. Do you worry about congressional investigations into your conduct if Republicans take over Congress? Not some at have all. promised to do. Oh, absolutely not at all. I have nothing to hide. There's nothing to be afraid of. And nothing that you uh, will have any hesitancy explaining in a public forum or through any request for documents or other like? Oh, absolutely not. I mean, I'm an open book. Absolutely. I mean, I have no, I've never shied away from answering any question at any congressional hearing for the 38 years that I've been testifying before Congress several hundred times. Uh, we asked you this the last time you were kind enough to appear on The Takeout, Dr. Fauci. Do you have any better sense? I've seen a couple of uh, not yet peer-reviewed, but pretty significant academic journal reports about the origins of COVID-19. And they both asserted that it was a high probability, according to the authors, that it was animal born in a market in Wuhan. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the, the people who are the card-carrying uh, molecular virologists, viral phylogeneticists, the people who understand the evolution of virus, they feel very strongly, though they keep an open mind. You must keep an open mind. There could have been... They were taking it from the wild and putting it in the lab and something happened. But the, the strong feeling about the knowledgeable virologists is that this is very, very likely a natural occurrence from a jumping from an animal host to a human. Um, and there, there's a large number of these people who are highly qualified who feel that. They always say they'll keep an open mind for other possibilities, but, but the, the evolution of the data as it's coming out, and you mentioned several very, very scholarly pieces that were published in peer-reviewed journals 
uh, coming to that conclusion. We've got about uh, 30 seconds to go before our next break. All that being said, the Chinese government could have told the world more and done more earlier to explain or at least highlight what was happening. Oh, absolutely, uh, uh, Major. Um, The trouble is that they are secretive even when they don't need to be secretive because whenever you have something that emerges from a country, they tend to shut down and not give information, which I believe was their own worst enemy because all it did was generate even more suspicion about what was going on. And that's the reason why we continue to call upon them to be completely open and transparent in every aspect of what goes on. The voice of Dr. Anthony Fauci, our special guest, I'm Major Garrett, segment four, The Takeout, on the other side of this break. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset, hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. From CBS News, this is The Takeout with Major Garrett. Welcome back to The Takeout. I'm Major Garrett. Dr. Anthony Fauci is our guest. Uh, Dr. Fauci, another topic. It's gotten headlines in America and in Europe the last couple of weeks. You know what it is? Monkeypox. What is it? How afraid of it should we be? Well, monkeypox is a viral disease that has existed for a very long period of time, was recognized decades ago from an animal host that jumped into a human. It has characteristics that are similar to smallpox, but it's a much, much less severe disease. Um, It is a situation right now where it's um, emerged now, as you've said, in multiple countries, very likely from a point source in Africa. Africa, in certain countries, has had a smoldering amount of problem, particularly in West Africa and in Central Africa, of monkeypox, a viral disease characterized by the pustules very similar to smallpox, um, not as severe. It's a disease that generally dissipates itself in two to four weeks. People generally recover completely. The mortality estimated in the isolates that come from West Africa is 1% or less, a bit more in isolates that come from the more central uh, location in Africa. The cases that we're seeing right now are something that we should pay attention to, we should respond to, but we certainly should not panic about. Of note, we have preparation for this. We have a store of smallpox vaccines that we know almost certainly have a cross protection against monkeypox. We also have viral uh, anecdotes, antidotes, the virals, uh, antiviral uh, drugs that we have been now studying for some time. And we developed them, Major, which is, I think, important to point out to the audience. Remember following the anthrax attacks, we were concerned 
that there would be bioterrorism using smallpox as a bioterror. So we gave our stockpile a large amount of vaccines that are now available to use as ring vaccination. I'll explain what I mean by that in a moment. And we also have a drug called T-pox, which we developed back then for smallpox and or for reactions against the smallpox vaccine. That drug is approved for use in both monkeypox and smallpox. So what our listeners need to know is that we do have countermeasures that work against monkeypox. So although we're keeping an eye out on it, we're not panicking, and we have interventions for it. It's of note that people who have been vaccinated decades ago, like myself, and listening to your age, even though you you look much younger than your age, Major, you were likely vaccinated with smallpox also. So the durability of protection is measured in decades and decades, and it is very likely that the residual immunity that you have from your smallpox vaccination will give you some degree of protection against monkeypox. We can't say that for every person that's been vaccinated, but as a group, the people who've received smallpox vaccination are very likely protected against monkeypox. And a key differentiator between these two topics, COVID and monkeypox, COVID much more transmissible. Oh, Close contact required for monkeypox, well, much closer. Well, that's a critical point, Major, that people need to understand. They get confused. They hear about these new diseases, like what's going on? SARS-CoV-2, or COVID, is a highly, highly transmissible infection where you could be in the same room with a person and talking to them, and you can get infected. We know that because we know there's asymptomatic transmission. Monkeypox requires very close, personal, skin-to-skin type of a interaction, or close enough that if someone spits or saliva or what have you, you can get it on you. But it is not easily transmissible. So... We are heading, Dr. Fauci, as you well know, as a nation and as a world into our, but as a nation particularly, our third Memorial Day weekend with this virus. How should Americans conduct themselves safely, cautiously, but enjoyably this upcoming Memorial Day weekend? Well, we can start off with the basics, Major, that we've mentioned a few times during this interview. The first, if you are not vaccinated, please consider getting vaccinated, given the data that we have about the protection of vaccinated versus unvaccinated. If you are vaccinated, and we have 66% of the country is fully vaccinated, if you are vaccinated, then you should get boosted. Only half of the people who are vaccinated have been boosted, which means that the waning immunity particularly with Omicron, needs that booster shot. Please get boosted. If you have been boosted and you're 50 years of age or older, get the fourth shot boost and get it now, particularly if you are much older than 50 
or if you have some form of immune compromise or an underlying condition that would make it more likely that you would get a severe outcome. That's the basics. Next, test reasonably frequently depending upon the circumstance. And here's what I mean. If you're going to gather with people in an indoor setting, you might want to go the extra mile and get tested yourself and ask the people who are coming to get tested. Because we know that there are a number of organizations that are saying that if we're going to have a gathering of some sort, I want to show that you're vaccinated and that you've been tested. And third, if you are in a region where there is a high level of transmissibility, an orange or a red zone, when you are in an indoor setting, consider wearing a mask. It gives you that extra level of protection. The fact that we're dealing with Memorial Day, where most of the country has really pleasant weather, no matter where you are, try to do things outdoor, which is much, much safer than doing something indoor. Those are just some of the fundamental principles that can allow you to enjoy the holiday, to mix with friends, not encroach upon any of your liberties, but still keep you safe. That is the voice of Dr. Anthony Fauci. And I will tell you, ladies and gentlemen, my case is mild. I've got the intervention. I'm doing just great. But it's disruptive. It has disrupted an entire week of my work. So this is a real thing, even if you're on the healthier side as I am. So think about that. Protect yourself. Do the best you can for yourself and your family. I'm Major Garrett. We need to say farewell to our radio audience, those watching on CBS News streaming and listening on our podcast platform. Stay tuned for the Takeout Outtake Especial. We'll see you next week. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. From CBS News, this is The Takeout with Major Garrett. Welcome to your Takeout Outtake Especial. I'm Major Garrett. For those of you watching on CBS News Streaming, you know the deal. We're back in my apartment. We haven't been here in months. And the reason? I'm isolating because I tested positive. Like I said at the top of this program, after 26 months of viral dodgeball, I really thought there was a good chance I would be one of those test subjects. Studied because I didn't get it. And sure enough, I got it. Uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci will help me understand and you by extension, how that's possible. So I did play this dodgeball, Dr. Fauci, and for those who fall into this category, they might have the same questions as I did. I've taken every precaution, I, and I feel, and I want to ask you about this, because I'm sure you've heard this, I feel a dimension of shame, like I've done something wrong, like I have screwed up somehow. Uh, should I? And um, am I unusual right now after having successfully stayed away from this find my way in it well major lose the guilt you haven't okay. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you haven't done anything 
wrong. We are dealing with a highly contagious virus. What you have done correctly, which is the reason why you and I are having this conversation where you feel reasonably well, is you've done the right thing. You've gotten vaccinated, you've gotten doubly boosted, Mm -hmm. and you very likely have escaped what would have been a much, much more severe outcome of this particular infection. So people should do whatever they can to stay safe, that when they're in an indoor setting with people who you don't know the vaccination or the status of that individual, if you're in an area where there's a high degree of transmission, wear a mask. But even in a situation where you've done everything that you believe you could possibly have done, people will get infected. Don't get discouraged about that. If you're vaccinated and boosted, you very likely are going to do very, very well. And the fact that we're having this conversation is proof positive of that. So I will tell the audience um, one more reference to myself. So obviously my conversation with my primary care physician was a virtual conversation. He didn't have me come to the office, obviously. But he said I set aside 25 minutes because I wanted not only to watch you, but I wanted to listen to you talk. And he said, I can tell, I'm telling you what happened, what happened, Dr. Fauci, as I listen to you talk, that you're not having any breathing issues. That was like an important diagnostic for him. So for people who might find themselves in my circumstance, that's something they should pay attention to. True? Well, absolutely, because one of the uh, first steps towards a severe outcome is involvement of the lung, where you can actually have a diminution in your ability to exchange oxygen. And that's the reason why people have these these oximeters where you put your finger in and you could tell what the percentage of the saturation of oxygen is and what your physician was doing, he was probably looking at your respiratory rate and whether or not there was more of an effort in breathing. You know, you could do that looking at someone. You could even do it over a phone without seeing the person. You could just That's exactly what happened. That's how we did it. Exactly, exactly. And that's one of the things that he was trying to do is to make sure that your symptoms were confined to the upper airway. But you also mentioned you had some fatigue, which is really quite common. So for those who might find themselves in my category, your advice would be, I assume, as follows. Get to your primary care physician as soon as you detect any symptoms, test at home frequently, and if you can, get on Paxlovid. Absolutely. And, and to repeat what we have said before, let's, it's worth saying it again. Paxlovid is a highly effective drug in preventing you from progressing for the need of hospitalization. The earlier you get Paxlovid, the better and more effective it is. So if you are symptomatic and you know you're infected, get your physician to get you a prescription. And in that regard, we might mention that literally today, the federal government has started a federally backed test and treat program where you can actually have multiple sites where you can go get it tested. And if you're positive, you can immediately get on Paxlovid to waste absolutely no time. As a quick reminder, references to today are references to May 26th. Look, I'm not doing a commercial for Paxlovid. I'm not doing a commercial for vaccines or boosters. I'm an American 
who is living through this crisis like we all are. I believe in the science. I believe in the data. I believe in the efficacy of these interventions. And I'm visual, audible, living proof that I'm better than I would have been had I not taken all four, the two vaccines, the two boosters, and the Paxlovid. Um, last thoughts uh, from you, Dr. Fauci. Well, first of all, thank you so much, Major, for, for having me on. I think you just did a great job of bringing the real world experience to people out there who may actually be in the same boat as you sometime soon. And if they are, hopefully they've gathered some very valuable information from what you've been through and what they should do so that they could go through either avoiding infection or if they do get infecting, having a very mild course. So, ladies and gentlemen, I'll just tell you, this is not the show we planned this week. I guarantee you, we had a show planned this week, and that guest will be back. And when that guest is back, I'll tell you who that guest was supposed to be this week. I had a very elaborate plan this week. I had traveled all over the United States. I had political coverage on Tuesday of the Georgia primaries. All of that got blown up by a positive test. But there are things you can do. There are ways to fortify yourself and protect you. But your life can and will be disrupted. I'm proof of that, Dr. Fauci. Always a pleasure. Thank you for your time and expertise and candor. We'll see you again. Thank you again, Major. Good to be with you. We'll see you next week, folks. The Takeout is produced by Arden Fari, Jamie Benson, Sarah Cook, Ellie Watson, Jake Rosen, and Ashley Armstrong. CBSN production by Eric Susanen. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Takeout Podcast. That's at Takeout Podcast. And for more, go to takeoutpodcast.com. The Takeout is a production of CBS News. If you like The Takeout, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, Tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. I'm CBS News correspondent Major Garrett, host of the podcast Agent of Betrayal, The Double Life of Robert Hansen. During the Cold War, FBI agent Robert Hansen traded classified secrets to the Kremlin in exchange for cash and jewels. In the podcast, you'll hear from Hansen's closest friends, family members, victims, and colleagues for the most comprehensive telling of who Robert Hansen really was. Binge the entire series now. Agent of Betrayal, The Double Life of Robert Hansen is available on the Wondery app, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is Jill Schlesinger, CBS News business analyst, certified financial planner, and host of the Money Watch podcast. This is the show where your money is not scary and it's not boring. It is a show that's all about you. It's your questions that make it possible for me to provide unconventional and entertaining insights on your money and maybe more importantly, on your life. I'm going to be your financial coach, someone who brings common sense and an insider's perspective on how to manage your money and your emotions. And I promise we are going to have a little bit of fun along the way. Have a question from retirement to career changes to college funding? Just send us an email at askjill at jillonmoney.com. Follow Money Watch wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free on the Amazon Music or Wondery app.